0: Welcome to the responsibly different mini series exploring the United Nations sustainable development goals helping you set meaningful goals in 2023 got a bright future in the neck of time bright future in the neck of- Welcome to the Responsibly Different mini series featuring the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. In this episode, Brittany and I will be discussing no poverty, which is goal number one set by the United Nations. We hope that by listening to this and all of the episodes in this series, we can collectively work towards these goals. In this and in future episodes, we're going to share how leaders in business and nonprofits are working to achieve these goals. There's a lot to unpack with No Poverty. We will cover some of the topics that came up in our communities, but please do visit the show notes to explore other resources and podcasts related to this topic because it is a big one with a lot of intersectionality involved. So let's get started.
1: As stated by the United Nations, goal number one is to end poverty in all its forms, everywhere. When looking into this goal, we wanted to understand what qualifies as poverty, extreme poverty, and what are some of the most actionable steps we can take to help. Before we can help, we need to understand where the issues lie. We found that in 1990, 36% of people were living in extreme poverty, and with a lot of focused effort by 2015, that number decreased to 10%. But with COVID-19, decades of that progress was reversed. Today, the World Poverty Ticker, done by World Data Labs, is showing 608,417,805 people in the world are living in extreme poverty. Extreme poverty is expected to have risen from COVID over the past few years which will be the first time that poverty has increased globally in 30 years. Experts do not believe that we are on track to reach the UN's goals. I suggest you visit the World Poverty Ticker site, where we will link to it and you can explore the interactive map for yourself. They show which countries are on and off track to meet the UN SDG 1, as well as the percent of people in the country living in poverty.
0: Take a second to think about some of your most basic needs, the ones many of us take for granted every day. I know for myself, it's sometimes easy to forget how lucky I am to have access to food, running water that is not only clean, but even temperature controlled, let alone a roof over my head and access to clean, dry, warm clothes. Living in extreme poverty means no access to education, health care or water and sanitation, Most of these folks are living with less than $1.90 a day. One of the business leaders we spoke with commented on this issue.
2: If you look at the world today, Brittany, um, you've got roughly 8 billion people. 10% of the world population live in extreme poverty. That's 800 million people who live in extreme poverty. And that means that they have less than $2 a day of income. And that means that with that, uh, they can barely provide for um, the livelihood of their families. So it's a struggle. And a um, substantial portion of them are actually living in rural regions. That's the irony that uh, the people actually were the poorest are also uh, farmers. And that means that our system is no longer sustainable, not just because it's producing more pollution and contribute to climate change, but also because the farming populations in the world are struggling to come out of poverty. So something's wrong and needs to be changed.
1: That was Jean-Marc Debrecon, CEO of Alterfin, a certified B Corp based in Brussels, Belgium. Alterfin is focused on helping local communities many of which are smallholder farmers around the world in countries of low income and low to moderate income to help foster sustainable development in those regions. They do this by financing agriculture directly. As Jean-Marc mentions, agriculture may no longer be sustainable, but we will dive deeper into that idea in the next episode where we talk more about zero hunger. What I want to stay focused on is is that Jean-Marc said most of the farmers Alderfin works with are in rural areas. And what we see to be true across the globe is that most of the world's poverty problems tend to be more in rural areas, actually three times higher in rural areas than urban areas. One of
0: the root causes of poverty is a lack of access to decent work in rural areas. Decent work means earning a livable wage in safe work conditions, among a myriad of other metrics. From a conversation I had back on our regularly scheduled Responsibly Different podcast in October of 2020, I had the chance to talk with Caitlin Goss, former director of People and Culture, and Rooney Castle, the now vice president at Rhino Foods, a certified B Corp based in rural Vermont. I want to bring to your attention this conversation that we had about their employee exchange program to illustrate how B Corps are paving the way for businesses to address access to decent work in rural communities. It is helpful to their employees to have dependable jobs that give them a weekly paycheck, even when their businesses have a seasonal cyclical nature. As business leaders, we need to do our best to limit the displacement a job can have on an individual and their families.
3: A program that came um, out of sort of a business need or even like a just sort of business observation of what was happening. Um, Rhino, especially at that time, was a very seasonal business. We were doing a lot in with ice cream products. And so we had certain times of the year when we were super busy and we had certain times of the year when we would slow down. And what we really were trying to do is not do a lot of, you know, letting go and, and bringing people back. Um, that's Challenging both on the business and, of course, on the people who are experiencing it. So, again, these ideas typically don't come from the top down. They're often from the bottom up. And the concept here was rather than laying people off, let's see if there's opportunities, knowing that there are other seasonal businesses in the area that we could loan employees out during our slower times that might coincide with another business's uh, busy time and have them still be Rhino employees and be ambassadors of Rhino, have full time work. And then when we need them, we have employees that are, you know, uh, know rhino, are loyal to rhino, and are able to come right back to work and are trained, ready to go, rather than having to start fresh. Um, So for a good example would be a fellow B Corp partner, Lake Champlain Chocolates. They're a mile and a half down the road, and we often have sort of counter-seasonal peaks and valleys with them. And so they've been a long-term partner um, in this program one can certainly speak more to you know the future and how we're doing it today
4: Sure. yeah I think we're you know certainly like Champlain chocolate has been a, a great partner and and they're the ones we have worked with most recently and I think we continue to think about um, other partners and have those conversations and and try to really be proactive in figuring out how to make sure we can maintain stability in our workforce and keep people on our payroll on our benefits and and also, we've seen great benefits to use this as a way to really engage some of our leaders uh, in our workforce. So, sending people out to other companies to learn what they're doing and then have them come back and say, hey, Lake Champlain has, has you know, these three things that they're doing in their break room or on their production floor or for their safety program. And why and right? Are doing them? Hey, we love that, right? So, it makes us better and, and helps our team continue to grow and expand their skills. And so and um, continuing to look for opportunities to do that.
1: Now, this may help Rhino Foods grow and expand their skills, but it also provides them with stability in their workforce. I think this is so crucial. People need stability in their jobs so they can depend on that income to support the rest of their life. We all need money to live, pay the bills, and support our families. Rhino Foods has another program that we want to highlight because we think it's so cool and innovative for businesses to support their employees with this much financial support. This program is their Income Advance Program. Here is Caitlin to give us an overview of that program. Sure.
4: So our Income Advance Program is a program that is designed to really meet the needs of our employees when they're facing financial instability. So it is a program that we partner through a local credit union. North Country Federal Credit Union is our local partner. And it is uh, an employee has a need, and it's a no question asked day of loan. So an employee can come and request that loan without any judgment and within 24 hours get up to $1,000 um, to be able to meet that immediate need. It's paid back through payroll deduction out of their weekly paycheck, um, and it comes out of a savings account. So, as uh, employees are paying back that loan on a weekly basis, they are building credit. And at the end, when the loan is paid off, it automatically continues to roll into a savings account, which for many of our employees, we see over 90% of our employees continue to save um, after they've paid off the loan.
0: If you are able to support your employees and they learn hard skills like building credit with a savings account, this is helping them to learn skills they can share and pass down in their communities. Similarly, we had a great conversation with Karem, the president of Great Works Internet, or GWI for short. We want to share with you how GWI is working to connect all communities to the internet, especially in rural Maine. You'll hear a bit more about this in our episode focused on goal four about quality education. But there is a part of that conversation that we want to share with you now.
5: Rather than being stuck in this massive flywheel of poverty, I'm not at all suggesting that the internet is the end all and be all of alleviating poverty. It's not. But it can play one infinitesimal incremental role in at least addressing it. And the way it can address it is by allowing these marginalized brothers and sisters of ours to play a role in actualizing their lives, that they can do it. It's not like anybody's telling them, but with access to infrastructure, they can do it. Now, once they have the power in their own hands, monumentally joyous things happen. So now their kids will graduate from school. If their kids graduate from school, Chances are they'll be applied to colleges. If they apply to colleges, which means they'll probably get better jobs than they would have if they were just high school, just high school graduates, right? They'll just, they have more earning potential. And I'm not at all suggesting that all high school graduates will end up in college and make more money. I'm not at all suggesting that. But it's, I'm talking about the optionality of it. So if you're accessing better better jobs, okay, you'll be able to now get a bigger house next time around. You be able to throw a car, right? You'll be able to do things that hopefully move the ball forward from where your parents were. This quality of mobility. Now you have generational wealth.
1: What Rhino Food and GWI are doing is just providing more opportunities for people to create their own wealth. To give them the support they need to be successful, ensuring the system is working for everybody that's using it. From our research, we did learn that having a job doesn't automatically mean you will have a decent living. 8% of the employed workforce and their families lived in extreme poverty in 2018. If we share how businesses can do more like Rhino Food is for their employees, maybe we can lower that percentage so the employed workforce can live without extreme poverty.
0: It's important to note that there is an intersectionality between all of these goals. We can't talk about poverty in a vacuum. Poverty in and unto itself is the root cause of so many afflictions of human suffering around the globe. As the climate continues to change, we know that it will be the poorest among us that feel the impact of climate disasters the most. Curable diseases are left untreated due to a lack of access to health care.
1: As an example of a curable disease, malaria, one of the most severe public health problems worldwide, can be won. Malaria is spread by mosquitoes at night while people are sleeping, and it's estimated to cost Africa 12 billion U.S. dollars every year in direct cost of healthcare, absenteeism, days lost in education, decreased productivity, and loss of investment in tourism. If a reduction of 50% in global malaria can be achieved, it is estimated to produce $36 in economic benefits for every $1 invested globally. There would be an even greater estimated return on investment for 60 to 1 in Sub-Saharan Africa. And the good thing to solving the fight against malaria, we have the cure. Long-lasting insecticide-treated nets, commonly referred to as LLINs. When LLINs are hung over beds in sleeping spaces, The mosquitoes will land picking up the insecticide on their feet and die. This is a hugely effective innovation. The CDC, Center for Disease Control, confirms LLINs have been associated with sharp decreases in malaria in countries where malaria programs have achieved high LLIN coverage. The World Health Organization has been quoted saying insecticide treated mosquito nets are currently the only viable option to prevent malaria transmission in large parts of Africa. We have linked in the show notes to an organization where you can support the fight against malaria by distributing long-lasting insecticide-treated mosquito nets to susceptible populations in developing countries. We encourage you to take what you've learned here and see how you can support any of these efforts. Thank you for tuning into this
0: episode focused on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number one, ending poverty. We have all the links where we did our research and more in the show notes. So be sure to check the show notes out in your podcast player for more information and resources. As we mentioned, this is a part of a mini series spanning across 18 days. Make sure you tune into some of the other episodes focused on the other sustainable development goals as we proceed. And let us know if these were helpful to you by emailing us at content at dirigocollective.com That's content at dirigo, D-I-R-I-G-O collective.com Or visit our social media pages and leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, be responsibly different. Slow it down, it's okay It's on my own show you too like it's 1962 got a bright future in the neck of time bright future in the neck of This episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Ben Marine, and Brittany Angelo. We purchased this music from the amazing B Corp Marmoset Music. You can check them out at marmosetmusic.com. To learn more about us, visit responsiblydifferent.com. And to learn more about our parent company, visit DirigoCollective.com.